It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body, my friends. We were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. It is a very special Friday today, producer Steve. Oh, and why is that? It is a Turnquist Friday, and he is in studio. Rick Turnquist. Yes, I'm delighted to be here in studio with you this morning, Kim, here in, in formerly free Colorado. Formerly free, <laughs> yes. You are now in Oklahoma. Yes, I live in Oklahoma, and, it, and I have to say, for the last 10 years, every time the Colorado legislature has been in session. I've I've literally been sick to my stomach uh, <laughs> through mo- through most of the session, it's not funny. <laughs> uh, dreading some of the bills that I knew were coming and some of the bills that that actually did did uh, get introduced. and And even though I don't live here anymore, I still have a lot of friends here. I have family here, and uh, I still feel sick to my stomach while the Colorado legislature is in session. But when I take a spin through the Oklahoma legislative uh, website to see what kind of bills are being considered in Oklahoma, it just makes me feel a little glow inside that uh, <laughs> for some reason, and I don't quite understand why, but for some reason the the people of Oklahoma have elected an all-Republican uh, uh, governing uh, group, and while Republicans aren't perfect, they're certainly better than Democrats, and uh, there's a lot of freedom-enhancing bills. There's a lot of really good bills to protect children from uh, so-called gender-affirming care. Oh, uh, may I call it what it really is, child mutilation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is, Kim. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bill before the legislature right now to ban that practice in Oklahoma, and I'm just delighted to, to, to be part of a state that, uh, that has the, those kinds of values. And it just... When I flew into DIA yesterday, I just felt this oppressive sense, even though it was a bright, beautiful, sunny post-snow day, um, I was like, wow, you know, it's just this uh, horrible bill being heard yesterday about uh, the so-called Fair Work Week uh, employment standards uh, just really disgusted me in terms of what a horrible bill that was. And then yesterday or the day before, they heard this bill to uh, to allow for local governments to uh, impose rent controls in their jurisdictions. And, and it's just like every bad idea that's ever been tried somewhere in America, Colorado Democrats are like, hold my beer. We're going to do it here, but we're going to do it worse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's there's Fair Employment Work Week. Um, uh, thing, I think Oregon has old state law, which is not as restrictive and prohibitive as the one they've introduced here. A couple cities have similar laws and, and studies. There's a Colorado um, Common Sense Institute did a study on it, on the 1118 proposal, and, and they found that it actually harms people uh, because they can't get the flexible <laughs> schedule jobs they want. And uh, a lot of people choose to work flexible schedules because they have child care requirements or, or school or things like that. And when I was young, I, I loved having a flexible uh, uh, work week because it allowed me to do things I wanted to do. And, and uh, now it's going to make it harder to hire people. It's going to make, make it harder to retain people. And it's going to make it harder to, for people to get full-time jobs if that 
if that's what they want. So it's got so many adverse consequences, and they're just full speed ahead. Damn the torpedoes. We're going to try every stupid progressive idea out there and see what see what happens. I really feel, Rick Turnquist, that Colorado is at the tip of the spear on this stuff. We've looked to California. We've looked to Oregon, Washington, Illinois as off the rails. I think that we are I think we are the um in the lead car on this now. Oh, absolutely. Colorado's past California and Oregon as um, as being full on just I hate to say it but full on crazy. I mean, they just they, are. they and when you look at some of the people that have been elected uh, in this last cycle, they're just they just don't have a clue about how the real world world works and and they they seem to think that businesses are just a big giant pile of money that they can use to fund all of their redistributionist and welfare schemes. But then at the same time, they're making it more and more difficult for people to own and operate a business here. In right. Colorado. You would think that if they that that's their money tree, that they would at least try to water it instead of trying to cut the branches. <laughs> oh, off no, they're it. not only cutting the branches, they're they're hacking at the trunk. I yeah. Mean, and the roots. You know, after COVID, you know, I, I, I saw a figure on. Um, I can't quote it or, or anything, but it was like 38% of businesses, small businesses in Colorado closed during right. COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've seen that it's really having adverse impact from some of these uh, things going on in the legislature. Oh, my gosh. And, Rick, I don't know if you know, I um, was approached and I accepted. I'm, I'm, it's an all-volunteer group. <laughs> and I, I go, ah, because this group has been doing amazing work since 1976, and that is the Colorado Union of Ta- Taxpayers. And we have this really cool uh, software that on Friday afternoon, it will post all of the bills that are up, up for hearing for the next week. And then we will go and take a look at those, whether or not how they fit into the, the cut pledge, the Colorado Union of Taxpayers cut, uh, cut pledge. And then we will take a position on those. And last week, uh, Friday afternoon, I go to my computer. I'm like, uh, I don't want to see. I don't want. There were 88 bills to be uh, scheduled for hearing this week. That is not governing. There's no way these people are reading these bills. That's right. Well, they don't have time to read the bills. And even though my my former representative when I lived here, Kim Ransom, she read every single bill that uh, she that she came. didn't sleep. Yeah, I know she <laughs> she put in a lot of hours, and, and I commend her for her conscientiousness. But yeah, they don't have time to read all those bills, and and then they don't allow time for for them to be Discussion. thoroughly discussed. They the way they do things there, and I've seen this firsthand because you and I have both been there to to observe and to testify uh, mostly against uh, bills. But they they schedule these hearings for late you know starting after lunch one thirty, two o'clock mm-hmm. and they don't get started till two because it's government mm-hmm. and then and then <laughs> you know between two and five they they have this bill sponsors talk and then they uh, it used to be they allow individual people to come up for and against taking turns now they have panels of people so that you do so it's just one way to move it through faster and the reality kim is they're just going through the motions yeah and, i know and following the, and they the have, letter of the they law. have speakers coming exactly yep. but they, they it's a foregone conclusion you can tell what's going to happen of the bill by which committee it's assigned to you're going to see you know depending on who the sponsors are and where they are in the in the progressive hierarchy you know whether those those bills are going to pass or not and and when republicans sponsor bills even if they're good bills you know kind of neutral politically that are accomplishing some good thing uh you know they're going to die because they're going to vote they're not going to pass anything right. impo- proposed by a republican i know i know steve i think you want to jump in here 
well, two subjects ago, I can't get a word in edgewise, but, <laughs> but what you guys were saying, what did Rose say yesterday? She has frequent conversations with the gov, and what was his response? He said that uh, he had a mandate, and we, this is so interesting. We now have this new text line, and one of our listeners texted in and said, is it a man, uh, is it the proper role of, is it, is it the proper role of government if it's a mandate or is it a mandate you know the question of the proper role of government and so he says he has a mandate but he's way outside the proper role of government i thought that was an excellent point rick turquest right and he may think he has a mandate because he won re-election handily but i don't in terms of morality and human flourishing which is our topic today Hitler felt like he had a mandate to do the things he right, did. Right, he was elected. Um, Joseph Stalin had uh, had a mandate to do the things he did. Um, or they thought so, they did. Yeah, and so, you know, it's. I think there's nothing more dangerous than, than somebody in an elected position that thinks they have a mandate. Right, instead of looking at the proper role of government, you know, what is this constitutional republic, all of those things. And, uh, yes, I don't think he has a mandate to be doing the things that he said. He's not been honest. And, and the fact that he... Uh, tries to paint himself as a libertarian while he has these bureaucracies and these bureaucrats doing terrible stuff, and he's the one that appoints the people to this right, stuff. Right, right. And it'll be interesting to see if this uh, like this Fair Work Week bill, if it gets through, and it probably will, uh, if, if Polis uh, signs it into law, because I think if he does, it, it comes back to bite him if he tries to run for president. Right. And same thing with the uh, rent control law. So, you know, it's it's I think it's an interesting dynamic, uh, because we have a governor who Who's, who's posing as a libertarian, who has powerful f- people who are calling him a libertarian in national media, but at the same time, he's not a libertarian. He's a, he's a rank progressive. He's one of the gang of four that turned Colorado blue. And t- Steve and I were talking about this before the show. We need to encourage everybody, if they haven't done so, to read the blueprint or, or watch the r- movie Rocky Mountain Heist. You can find it on YouTube, I think. And, and understand how Colorado went from a red slash purple state to this deep blue nightmare that it is right now. You know, as you were just saying this, because the Democrats, the radical activist Democrats that are in control of the Democrat Party here in Colorado. This is, and again, my friends, this is not the Democrat Party of your grandpa and your grandma. This is not the Democrat Party of JFK. Uh, this is radical activist, cultural Marxists is actually what they are. Uh, but as you were just mentioning this, I because they're always strategizing. So do you think that the legislature could put these bills through and that then he would veto them so that he could say, I'm a libertarian. What do you think about that? Um, that's quite possible. Um, there, I wish they were as good at governing as they are at, <laughs> Strategy. Uh, at uh, their, their behind-the-scenes chicanery. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I think that anything's possible when it comes to these people, and, and that's certainly a possibility that they've introduced some of these uh, terrible bills in order to give Polis a chance to show that he is the libertarian. Yeah, so, I could see that um, happening. So that's that's quite possible, Kim, and uh, and it wouldn't surprise me a bit. As I talked about in my blog a few years ago, I think it was four years ago now, maybe. Um, I talked about the progressive in- infrastructure that's here in Colorado, and it's groups like Progress Now Colorado, New Era Colorado, uh, uh, Color Latina, uh, the Bell Policy Center, all these all these lefty organizations are very well funded they're, they work together to accomplish their policy goals and they're very effective at it 
So, um, you know, the right has a, doesn't have a similar infrastructure. Well, and, and, and we're too busy yeah. fighting each other to, uh, to get anything uh, done or accomplished. So with that... Uh Let's see. You need Let to me... get the quote of the day. It's important. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I know. So uh, we're going to be talking about your essay here in just a moment, Morality and Human Flourishing. And our quote of the day is from Alexis de Tocqueville. And uh, he was no- normally known as Tocqueville, was a French aristocrat, diplomat, political scientist, f- political philosopher, and historian. He is best known for his works, Democracy in America and the Old Regime and the Revolution. He was born in 1805, died in 1859. And he said this, liberty cannot be established without morality, nor morality without faith. And of course, I chose that because we're going to be talking about that. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And morality, I, well, we have so many things I want to ask you about on this uh, Rick Turnquest, because morality, I really don't think morality is about telling everybody else how to live their lives. I just don't. I, I think it's something a little different than that, because morality, liberty, how that all works, I think I think those two things, I mean, that's going to be an important conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. Morality is an abstract objective concept, I believe, and it has nothing to do with, with what one faith or another faith says how you should live your life it it really is are you living to uh to produce the best results for yourself and your family and and on a larger level are you living to produce the best results for the human race okay so we'll talk about that some more here in just a moment the show comes to you because of great sponsors and one of those is the roger mangan insurance team and and as a state farm agent for 47 years roger mangan has served his customers provided for his family and given back to the communities of centennial littleton highlands ranch inglewood greenwood village as well as castle rock for help with your insurance needs call roger Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. That's 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's insurance team is there. Great news. I just got the State Farm Personal Price Plan on our home and auto insurance. You told our agent about my thing for romance novels? No, you don't have to get that personal. Our agent just helped me choose affordable options to create a personalized price just for us. Oh, sweet. Then you won't believe the love triangle Jen is in now. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious. IPAC EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac edu.org Seems pretty proud of himself on that bumper music, Rick Turnquest. Well, he does a great job on the bumper music, and the truth <laughs> is, I, I now live in Oklahoma, I like Oklahoma, and I, uh, and I 
whenever I feel homesick, Kim, which is less frequently now that I've been there <laughs> almost two years, um, all I have to do to cure that is to take a spin through the co-politics uh, feed on Twitter. And uh, I'm cured of my homesickness pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty instantly. Yeah. Yes, I know. This beautiful state that I loved is in trouble. And that's why some of these things are so important uh, that is happening in the state. We've got Kevin Lundberg on the line. And Kevin Lundberg is a former Colorado state senator. He is also the executive director of the, uh, and I had it I had it written down here, as, and I'm going through my uh, my notes here, but you can, uh, I got it right here. He is the executive director of the Republican Study Committee of Colorado. Kevin Lundberg, he's also the author of the Lundberg Report. Kevin Lundberg, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Kim. It's great to be with you today. Well, great to have you on. And so what's going on in your life, Kevin Lundberg? <laughs> well, last night I actually made the public announcement that I am going to uh, run for the uh, state chair for the GOP. Uh, several good people are doing that. I just looked at things and uh, realized that uh, uh, my experience and uh, Values, I think, align perfectly with what we need to get done, which is we've got to fix the problems that are within the GOP. And you already referred to the problems in the state, which is, you know, indicative of uh, uh, we need a new direction. And I believe that uh, I can uh, help provide some of that guidance and direction uh, as chairman of the state GOP. My first question is, are you crazy? <laughs> well, there, there is that. There is that, that. That it's a tough job, and I and I don't expect to get a whole lot of accolades over it. I I know, you know, my my uh, hat is off to anybody who's uh, who's tried this, but but we've got to do it. And I'll tell you what, I think there's a better way. I think we need to uh, fix the brand for the party because somehow the Republicans are seen as the bad guys. Whereas, uh, you know, I, I love that quote that. Uh, that the uh, governor of Arkansas, Governor uh, Sanders, said uh, in answer to Biden's State of the Union address, and that is uh, uh, the dividing of, of America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Yeah. And we're crazy I, I, out here. We are absolutely crazy. Yeah. And well, and we've got to fix that. We've got to get back to the normal. <laughs> well, uh, first question, because people talk about the divisiveness, obviously, in America but also uh, here in Colorado in the Republican Party. And there a, a re- seems to be a real divide between the uh, establishment consultant class. I would recommend that people check out my essay that I published last week regarding radical Democrats and Republican consultants are complicit in Colorado's troubles. Because as, as I've looked at this, many of the consultant elites have said to everyday people out there kind of the things that we want to hear but yet they're being paid to push the other agenda. That's a problem, Kevin Lundberg. Absolutely, it is. We've got to get back to the principles of the Republican Party, which is the limited government uh, side of things, uh, you know, just to put it in in a real tight nutshell. Um, But more specifically, we've got to challenge the unconstitutional open primary. I believe that the party needs to to be managed from a bottom-up, not a top-down system. I mean, that's part of the problem is, is there are a lot of fantastic people all across the state that are working as hard as they possibly can. But <clears throat> I don't see the, the, uh, the same message coming from the top. Uh, and 
you know, I, I think the grassroots, I know the grassroots. And that, that means individual citizens, the folks who care, the folks who get involved. They need to be empowered to do their job as best they can. That means county parties. That means, you know, all the Republican groups and that, that meet across the state all the time. And we can't ignore a broken election system. We've got to get dig down deep and insist. And that's not going to be a, a, an automatic fix, especially with today's legislature. But we've got to start with recognizing the facts. Um, I think the, the, the caucus system is uh, a key element to building a strong party. And, and uh, you know, there was a bill in, in the House, we, or the Senate, it started in the Senate, which we discussed earlier, Senate Bill 101, to get rid of the caucus system. Thankfully, that one died yesterday. Did it? In uh, Okay, yep, I was trying to figure that died. out. Yeah, um, that was the report that Senator Baisley gave to me yesterday afternoon, that uh, it uh, died on a four-to-one vote. Uh, only one, well, Senator Liston voted for it, but everybody else said, no, nope, not going to do it. Uh, but Wait, but well, well, hold, hold, hold the phone there. So yeah. this this committee, this was what, the Senate Veterans and Military Affairs, right, which is normally the be, kill committee. Yeah, we call it, well, we call it kill committee, but state affairs actually does deal with election issues. So okay. it was the appropriate committee. Okay. So so there's three Democrats and two Republicans, correct on that? Right. Correct. And yes. so all the Democrats voted against it, yes? Yep. And yep. then and Mark Baisley voted against it, but Republican Larry Liston voted for it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. He okay. Did. So that, that's his record. Okay. And, uh, and the other thing people... The other thing people need to know is this was brought forward by three Republicans to get rid of the caucus system here in Colorado. And it's like, hey, bring it on. Let's make sure that we have both the caucus system and the uh, initiative. But but I want to ask you just a couple of other things. You mentioned the open primary here in Colorado, and uh, there's been a lawsuit uh, regarding uh, when I say closing the primary, sometimes I think people think think that's negative. So let's call it what it really is: Republicans vote in Republican primaries, Democrats vote in Democrat parties and primaries. If unaffiliated want to vote in either of the primaries, they can uh, change their registration. Join the party. Yes, exactly, right. and that just makes <laughs> sense to do that. And so that is something that mm-hmm. you would do: is close the primaries, correct? Well. We would challenge it in federal court, and we have a very good case for that because the Supreme Court already ruled on that back in 2000. It's called the Jones case. And, yeah, uh, we did. I'm part of a little core group that raised enough money to at least bring it before a federal judge. But the judge threw it out and said, well, because the party didn't join the suit, uh, you don't have standing. Well, uh, as chairman, I'll tell you what, I am 1,000% behind the party following through with a resolution that was passed by the State Central Committee back in September of 21, unanimously that said, let's, let's challenge this in federal court. So, yeah, no, no question that we need to get that done as soon as we can pull it together. Um, but, you know, it's only the beginning. Here's the bottom line in my mind. And that is we need to rally around the principles of good government. We need to identify it. At the national level, we've got a platform. But at the state level, it's just anything goes. And 
I believe that, we, you know, we say, well, we follow the national platform, but not very intentionally. And I want to get back to the principles of the party. I believe that's one reason why we've been losing membership across the state is we don't stand for anything as clearly as we should. You know, I will give kind of lip service to it. But but I believe that we need to really zero down on what the values are. And let's get back to, as I said before, normal for the state rather than the crazy stuff we're seeing uh, coming down through the polis regime. And if there's anybody to battle with, I don't want to uh, carry on big arguments with our Republicans because I want to point to the real problem, and that's the polis regime that is is pushing us down a, a, a socialist, uh, uh, amoral uh, system that's destroying just about everything all at once. You know, Denver is the most dangerous city in the country now. It has the highest crime rate for auto theft. Uh, we are... Uh, 41st in religious liberty, according to uh, uh, a, a new plan that came out with one uh, uh, national group that tracks this. So, Kevin, that is so interesting that you would mention that because I had an experience yesterday. I was at some friends, and uh, it was in the evening, and um, and uh, actually, what, what happened was they returned, and they said there was a police officer that. Uh, when they arrived, that they put their searchlight on, and so uh, one of the people went over and talked to the um, the police officer, and they said, "Oh, there was a liquor store just down the street that was just robbed, and we're just setting up the perimeter." <clears throat> All of a sudden, Kevin, I realized I was afraid. I'm like, "Are they outside? I'm going to have to walk to my car." And I so appreciated the police officers being there. And there's been such an assault on police. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing safe communities. Uh, Instead of exporting crime from the inner city, let's let's import to the inner city safe communities, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I I 100% agree. And, of course, this has to happen at local levels as well as the state level. But I believe the Republican Party the state of Colorado can and should assert as strong a focus on what ought to happen rather than just play politics, which is far too much what we do too often. And, and you know, let me, let me say one more thing, because there are a lot of people in, in, in this race uh, vying for the, uh, the chair. I think it's six or seven at this point, which I think is a good idea. I enjoy this. Uh, the debate, I think, is very healthy. I understand you're going to be moderating one of those uh, debates next week. Uh, I plan on being there as well. And, and I want to engage in a good, positive exchange with people that I essentially agree with. But now we've got to sort out who can do the best job in leading us forward uh, in, in these troubled times. Um, and I'm putting my name out there saying, well, consider me as well as the others uh, who I think are, are good people trying to do the right things. Well, thank you, Kevin Lumberg. And uh, yes, so that event is going to be next Wednesday in Parker at Deep Space. And it's going to be sponsored by the Colorado Hispanic Republicans. And uh, I do have the, the great honor to uh, moderate that. And uh, we will get the information on uh, how to buy a ticket for that. But go to Colorado Hispanic Republicans. Kevin Lundberg, well, I wish you the best of luck on all this. 
Well, thank you, Kim. Uh, you keep up your work, and I'll try to keep fighting on my end, too. Uh, because uh, Rick Turnquest is in studio, and he's loving Oklahoma and uh, looking at Colorado. It's almost like when you, you go into the border of Colorado, you can feel the cultural Marxism that's taken over, and it's just depressive. So, Kevin Lundberg, thank you for stepping forward. Thank you. We've got to fix it. Let's do it now. We got it. Most definitely, we need to go to work on this. So we're going to go to break here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want you to listen to this really important message from Karen Levine. She's a great sponsor of The Kim Munson Show. Uh, She is an award-winning realtor, and she can help you with a buy, sell, or if you're looking at a new bill, Karen Levine is the person for you. Homeownership, a place to call your own, has created wealth for Coloradans throughout the years. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of homeownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3pointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Mom, why is it so cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. playing that music because Rick Turnquest is in studio. Welcome back. Yeah, I haven't been to Muskogee yet, but that's uh, on the list to do of things to do this summer. Okay. Well, that's uh, and uh, Rick Turnquest left Colorado. He moved to Oklahoma. You know what? I've never, I've only driven through Oklahoma. I hear Tulsa is a great are you I'm in Tulsa? Oklahoma City, so I never expected to live in Oklahoma City. I, I actually went there in the 90s on a business trip right before the bombing in Oklahoma City, the Murrah Building. Uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> so I had been acquainted with the place, but I'd never been there until I was 
was uh, offered a job there. But uh, as I wrote about on my blog, To Advance Freedom, I was going to leave Colorado anyway. Um, yeah. When I when I found that my company was being acquired by another company, I said I was thinking just about retiring and moving somewhere else. And uh, you know, I was looking at Texas or Arizona, and and uh, I ended up here. I ended up in uh, Oklahoma City, and I really like it. My wife's happy there, and we have a nice house and a nice neighborhood. And it takes 20 minutes to get anywhere in the city practically. And uh, while there is traffic, uh, it's nothing compared to uh, what what you would consider normal traffic mm-hmm. here in Denver. So. Well, uh, there's new reports out from a variety of different news sources that uh, Denver is number one in crime in America. And you said during the break that you just were looking at a, a report, a police report, and it's like, that looks like that was my old neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So I lived in Parker for <clears throat> over 20 years um, until I moved away. And uh, I just, so I, I, get, I, part, I get a Parker police in my Facebook mm-hmm. feed. And uh, showed a little video of them arresting some car theft suspects and felony warrant people in a home. And as they were walking the person, and it was during the snowstorm a couple days ago, and as they were walking the person out to the car, the police car, it, the houses in the neighborhood looked familiar. So I, I'm, it might have been my, my old neighborhood, for all I know. But uh, it's it's a real problem. and It's because of public policy. Oh, it's absolutely. This is at the feet of... These metro Senate mayors. Bill 217, and, yep. yep. Leslie Herod, who's running for mayor of Denver, uh, was one of the prime sponsors of Senate Bill 217 from a couple of years ago, which drastically weakened uh, policing in, in Colorado and, and, and is part of the reason why we're, why we're having this onslaught of crime in, in Colorado and especially in Denver. And there's a bill before the, we were talking at the top of the show about some of the bad bills in the Colorado legislature right now. And one of them is, to, is one to lessen uh, arrests for certain uh, offenses. And it's just, it's like every time they, they talk about something with policy, public policy, it's like I said, it's like, hold my beer, we can do it worse. Okay. And, and it's it, that's exactly why things are as bad as they are and they're going to get worse. Okay. So, Rick, I need to ask. So we're going to talk about your, your piece, Morality and Human Flourishing. But I have to ask yeah. you this because Kevin Lumberg was just on the show. And I, any candidate... No matter what side of the party they're on, what if they're Democrat, you know, whatever. Whenever there's an election, any candidate that reaches out to me, I will give them airtime. Uh, so I just want people to know that. Okay, so there is this big division on in um, in the Republican Party here in Colorado between the establishment elites and the grassroots. You just mentioned Leslie Harrod, and I was at an event the other night. Uh, I was at the Jewish Republicans I presented, and somebody said, hey, does anybody know anything about the uh, mayoral candidates? And apparently um, there's going to be a forum that they're they're involved in. And specifically, they asked about Leslie Harrod. And I said, well, I actually, she is a uh, graduate of the Emerge program. And the Emerge program is a very well-funded, Hillary Clinton's involved in it, where they are training Democrat women, really cultural Marxists, to run for office and win. And they help them get funded, websites, and they train them that they they can read their audience. They can say things, because I, I was in, at a um, event a few years ago where one of the Emerge candidates was presenting to a Republican group, and she sounded like a Republican. So Leslie Herod, that you just mentioned, Emerge candidate, cultural Marxist. She's in the state legislature, has been in the state legislature, running for Denver mayor, and Republican Matt Crane is endorsing her. Wow. 
I, I, I saw it on Facebook. Wow. He and his wife together were endorsing her. Oh, my. So That's, he's a former Arapahoe County clerk and recorder, and he is the head of the county clerk. he's my LPR classmate. I oh, just no way. Yeah. I, oh, Wow. I, that that's shocking to me. I know that's really shocking, and uh, you know I hope I see him this weekend at the uh, retreat down at the Broadmoor because I'd like to ask him uh, what his thinking is on that. Yeah. Because Leslie Harrod's terrible. She she co-sponsored that 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 Senate Bill two seventeen that that da- drastically uh, impaired policing in Colorado, and she's she's one of the most progressive. And I but regressive, say progressive, but yeah. it's really regressive because they want to put us back in the dark ages. But she's she's one of the most uh, regressive uh, people in the Colorado legislature. I just can't believe anybody uh, would would anybody on our side of the aisle would uh, would endorse her for mayor. So, and this was one of the questions I wanted to. Posit to you is that, that's a new word in my posit. Isn't that a word that you can ask the question? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, and that is because you know there was this big division this last time around in the election, and people bring out the Reagan quote. They say, "Hey, we may not agree on everything, but if we're if you're with me eighty percent of the time, we're friends." And I believe that. I agree with that. But what I'm finding is that there are Republicans that are with me, maybe. 30% or 40% of the time, which means they're with the opposition 60 to 70% of the time. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't, I don't really understand why why a state like Oklahoma can be so red. I mean, we have almost a supermajority in the state legislature in Oklahoma, the Republicans do, and a Republican governor. And in Colorado, it's exactly the opposite. The Democrats are one vote away from a supermajority. And... It blows my mind. It's been my observation over the last several years that there's nobody on the planet that fights among themselves better than Colorado Republicans. I think and, you're right. And it's, it's, really, it's really sad because let's have a spirited debate. Let's have a primary and let's, let's have all the people come out and talk about what they would do and what their view of the role of government is and all this kind of stuff. And then let's vote on who that person is going to be to run against the Democrat. Mm-hmm. And then once we decide on who that person's going to be, let's get behind them mm-hmm. and support that person and vote for him. But instead, a lot, what a lot of people do is they, they get mad and they go sulk in the corner. I'm not going to vote for that person. And I believe, and I tried to do some research on this after the last election to verify my high hypothesis, which I uh, didn't find the research to support what I thought. But I truly believe that a lot of people just stay home when their candidate isn't on the ballot. And and by doing so, they might as well just go and vote Democrat because that's what happens. That's how Democrats get elected is because Republicans don't vote for the Republican on the ticket because they their candidate didn't, didn't mm-hmm. get on the ballot. And I, I I myself for years, you know, I, I would want somebody to be on the ballot. And if they and, you know, when my candidate got onto the general election ballot, I'd be glad to support him and vote for him. But there are times when the person I didn't I wanted didn't get on the ballot. Mm-hmm. I mean, last last election, if I'd lived here, I would have voted for Deborah Flora for mm-hmm. to be the U.S. Senate candidate. I thought she would have been a great candidate and, and would have had a chance to be uh, do nothing Bennett. But uh, she was not the candidate. So I put my support behind Joe Day mm-hmm. from from afar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was I was disappointed that. That, uh, that he lost, and, and we get another six years of, my, or you get another six years of Michael Bennett. Right. My my senators are great. So. <laughs> 
Well, and and to that point, I, I'd written this piece and connected the dots on um, this Prop One Two Three, which was the affordable housing, the subsidized housing, terrible, terrible initiative, and it narrowly passed. I was talking to a friend of mine. It's like, gosh, if we because I I took a, a no position on it and gave the reasoning on it. And if we'd really worked on that, we might have been able to defeat it. But they had $6.6 million to push that forward. It was really a leftist uh, initiative. But we had a former Republican GOP chair that was out in favor of it. And he was paid to do it. Yeah, I, I read that piece, Kim, and and I was uh, shocked to, to to read that and, and quite disappointed. I It makes me wonder... And I, I, when I was like, I worked on a state senate campaign back in 2016, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like we were involved with all of these, you know, the the Republican consultant class. We were kind of going it on our own, mm-hmm. and uh, and my candidate ended up uh, losing that election, which was unfortunate. But um, but there's there's definitely a, a class of people who are it, who have an interest in 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 performing consulting services for for supposed conservative candidates and causes but they get paid no matter what the outcome if, of the, of the election is so i'm not really sure that they're they're in it they're in it to win it i i think maybe there's an element of i'm in it to get paid mm-hmm. and uh you know it just that but then when somebody like uh that former chair comes through and, and supports something that's clearly not the proper role of government and, and something a Republican shouldn't be supporting. And, and we talked about this with that leap thing that was right. There was there was right. uh, Republicans supporting that. And, and it's just it blows my mind that I mean, I would never put my name on something that I didn't think was a was a proper role of government. And I have a very, very strict rule or a very strict view of what the proper role of government right. should be, which is protect life, liberty, and property, have a court system to adjudicate disputes, uh, law enforcement and a court system, and uh, national defense. That's about it. And that, how constitutional of you, Rick Turnquist. <laughs> well, so, there's a thing called a constitution, which every elected official swears an oath to uphold, but they uh, are virtually all oath breakers. And, and unfortunately, quite a few people with ours next to their names are, are not keeping the, their, the faith either. And so that's why we have to have these honest conversations so that we can start to reclaim this beautiful state. I mean, yesterday you said you flew in. It was like a uh, bluebird, blue sky day. And but yet you could feel the oppression. It was a beautiful day, and uh, and yes, I, I felt the oppression. I felt it when I was looking at uh, the CoPolitics uh, hashtag in the evening a couple of days ago. Um, you know, when when some of these just I wanted to see if that rent control bill passed, and and it did. So, um, and that's an assault on property rights. Oh, it totally is. And there, I, I told one of my friends the other day. I said, "There's two things I wouldn't even consider doing, and one of them is." Uh, is owning a business in Colorado, and the other one's owning a rental property in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, Faith Winter, I'll never pay a dime of your uh, family payroll tax because <laughs> I moved out of state to avoid it. You are so proud of that, Rick Turnquist. So we we need to talk about this essay that you've done, and all this stuff comes to you because of great sponsors. And Roots Medical is one of those great sponsors, getting to the root, R-O-O-T, getting to the root of your health. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. 
For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. It's Friday, Friday. It is Friday, and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And uh, just wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, Paula Sarles is the president, and she and her team are focused on raising the money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. It was built in 77, 1977, so it's time. And uh, you can help them by going to the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And whether or not you have, have a lot of money that you want to contribute, or maybe just the price of a cup of coffee, although that's going up, mm-hmm. uh, all that will help. And you can do that at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Uh, it is a Rick Turnquest Friday, and he is in studio. He's in town. You're going to be going down to Colorado Springs to the LPR retreat. That's correct, Kim. That's the reason I came in town this weekend was uh, A, to be in the studio with you, and uh, B, to go see all, all my friends at, uh, at the retreat in Colorado Springs. So I'm glad to have you here. Let's talk about your essay, Morality and Human Flourishing. Well, thanks, Kim. So <clears throat> as I've been thinking about what I want to write about for, for my monthly essay on your, on your website, I, I kind of want to get back to the basics and uh i really believe and i I encourage everybody to go to your website and read my piece the pillars of modern life it's uh i think it's an important piece because it describes what are the underpinnings of the modern life that we enjoy and those those three pillars of modern life are capitalism uh, free market capitalism limited government and uh, fossil fuels so i kind of wanted to get back to basics and and lay out kind of the philosophical framework to talk about these ideas. And so last month we we talked about where we are and where we came from. And I, I wanted to point out to your listeners and to, and to the people that read the piece that we're living at the pinnacle of human existence on this planet. 
and and we and we live our lives and we enjoy the things we enjoy but we we take it all for granted and we don't really think about where we are and in contrast to where we came from mm-hmm. which was uh you know even as recent as two three hundred years ago uh was life was harsh brutish and short on this planet and just two generations my grandmother uh actually she lived in a two-room sod house yeah and uh believe it or not i see uh similar structures that are you know, probably a hundred years old every now and then uh, in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, so I, I I get what it's like to hack a living out of the. I mean, I can conceptually right. get what it's like. I haven't lived it myself, and nor would I want to. I mean, kudos to those people. Just imagine the people that sailed from England to America on the Mayflower. They're going in a tiny ship on a dangerous ocean across to the unknown and, and just to try to hack out a new life. And, uh, and all the settlers that came here and all the people that settled the continent, it, it's just... It's remarkable. It's remarkable. It truly is. So I wanted to think about... And Ayn Rand really talked about how, how people need to have kind of an intellectual framework in which to live their lives. And, and so I was trying to think about morality and human flourishing and how they intersect. And... Um, and so that's why I wrote this piece, and it was a, actually a difficult piece to write because I'm delving into uh, the areas of philosophy. And I'm not a philosopher like uh, my hero Alex Epstein. I'm just a just an accountant who happens to like to write about politics. But I was trying to dive into what morality is, and and I've, in my view, morality is. Um, what you use to determine what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing to do. And those things are usually defined by law, religion, philosophy, or common belief. But I, I believe that the right, the proper or right thing or the moral thing is that which promotes your personal self-interest, your family's self-interest, and overall human flourishing. So I take a little dive into what morality is. Um, and self-interest, because there are those that say <laughs> that self-interest is screwing the other person. It's yeah, not. and it's really not. So self-interest is <clears throat> we're each individual human beings that are living on this planet. And we are all responsible to, unless you're a child who depends on your parents, but we're all responsible to support our lives. And that means to provide for our food, our clothing, our shelter, and the things that we are interested in. But we are responsible for ourselves. And so we we eat to to stay alive. We breathe to stay alive. We try to maintain good health to stay alive. And and so self interest is just natural. It's taking it's, care of yourself. Yeah, taking care of yourself. And and if you're a part of a family, taking care of a family. That's why parents take care of their children, or they should take care of their children. That's why people get married to have children to to you know, propagate and mm-hmm. you know provide a future for for the human race. So and then. On a larger level, we should care about human flourishing and what's you know what's good for other people. And and the first rule I think is do no harm. You know, don't harm someone unless they're trying to harm you, and then you have every right to defend yourself up to and including deadly force. So, question: but, Do no harm would mean you don't take from other people, which means you wouldn't use government and public policy to take from one person to give to another. That's exactly right, and that's what a lot of people want to do today, and and this is what a lot of Democrats want to do today is they want to use the force of government to take from one set of people and give it to another set of people. And the and PBIs take their cut as the money goes by. Absolutely, absolutely. They don't care 
who wins as long as they get their money. Mm-hmm. And then there's and then and, un, and unfortunately there's people on the right who kind of want to use the force of government to impose their views of morality and re, and religion mm-hmm. on the society. And I'm a libertarian. I just live and let live and mm-hmm. do no harm. Your rights, you know, you have your rights until they butt up against somebody else's mm-hmm. rights, and then and then they stop. And we we all have to live together in a society. We don't, we don't you know. It may be a fantasy to live by yourself on a desert island somewhere, but that but we are social animals and we, we need to be around other people, we need to interact with other people. And and I think that we are increasingly wanting to interact with uh, like-minded people. So that's one reason why I believe a lot of people that want government largesse and want government to take from others to give to them are moving here to Colorado to vote for people who will who will use the force of government to do that. And a lot of people are moving away from Colorado. I know several people, uh, myself included, who, who have moved away from Colorado in the last couple of years, and I know others who are thinking about it. So it's it's a real thing. And people are fleeing Colorado or uh, California. See, I almost said mm-hmm. Colorado well, <laughs> and in uh, Oregon, and moving places like Texas where there's no income tax, and and people are freer, businesses are freer, and, and you know human flourishing is more enabled in, mm-hmm. in states like Texas and Florida and Oklahoma. I want to put out a shout to uh, to my st- new state of Oklahoma with a Republican governor Kevin Stitt and a, and a Republican uh, legislature. Well, and uh, so this morality and human flourishing. And human flourishing is not at the expense of the planet. That so that's that other big narrative out there, right? So human flourishing is, and I listed some criteria that I, I think what human flourishing means. Um, you know, access to uh, living in a free society without undue coercion, and having access to shelter, food, and uh, ability to support your life, and, and things like that. But human flourishing is actually contrary to is contrary to harming the planet because we all live here we all want to live with we all want clean air we want clean water and and, and thinking about what happened in in the Pennsylvania derailment where a where a, a, a railroad car Ohio or Pennsylvania it was Ohio yeah yep. sorry yeah and uh, you know the train derailment and then they they burned the contents of the of the car I mean this is unconscionable, and the and the U.S. government, Department of Transportation, enabled that, and you're hardly hearing about it on the, on the national news. But anyway, I, I digress. Did you know but, that there was another derailment yesterday? No, I didn't. Yes, of a toxic... Yeah, uh, Pete Buttigieg's doing a great job of uh, running our <laughs> transportation system, huh? Yeah. And, and really, the unconstitutional Department of Transportation shouldn't even exist. Exactly. That's a whole other conference. But... I want to, I want to encourage people to read your read this piece because we only have a couple of minutes left. But I'm trying to put forward the idea that human flourishing means that we um, have what we need to live our lives, and we and it all comes down to how we organize our society. And we live in a in a constitutional republic. It's not a pure democracy, nor should we want to live in a pure democracy because in a pure democracy. And this is how family got passed. It couldn't, they couldn't get it through the, the legislature. Faith Winter tried for years, every year, bringing forward a new version of the bill. So they finally said, oh, let's, let's get it under pure democracy. So they took it on the ballot. And if it had been posed as a tax increase, I think it would have been right. shot down. Because people now that that money's being taken out of their... Uh, but it's a tax. You yeah. can't get out of it. It's, yeah. a, it's a government taking to fund a government program. They can call it a premium. They can call it a fee. They can call it cheese from Mars, but it's it's a tax, right. and, and it's an illegal tax. Ultimately, you go to your pocket, and the yep. money's out of and there. I, you know, 
I know someone I know who works here in Colorado showed me on their paycheck. Where that, mm-hmm. yep. There it is. Yep. And they're like, wait a minute. So, hey, so we will tease your uh, essay, and that is at KimMunson.com. You are going to be writing a book, so we're going to let people know about that as well. Right. As that so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually planning to put together some of the things I've written and some things yet to be written uh, to publish in book form at some point in the future. And I really want to I really want to talk about uh, two major themes. One of them is the what I call the pillars of modern life that I alluded to earlier. And the other one is um, is. Uh, we need to vote for people, and at this point in time, most of them have R's next to their names, uh, who will who will promote human for flourishing okay. and, and morality instead of this uh, this ever increasing uh, mass of craziness that we see in places like Colorado, California, Oregon, Illinois, and uh, a handful of other states. And we need to reclaim this beautiful state, but uh, I'm going to come to Oklahoma. I think. Well, my native state, uh, it, it breaks my heart. Actually. It breaks my heart. It too. literally breaks my heart and, and literally makes me feel sick to my stomach when the legislature's in session. I, I... And uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, um, unfortunate for everybody who lives here and uh you know like i say a lot of people i know are, are leaving I know. Or there's are a lot of people leaving. flying in for yeah. the uh, retreat this it is so great to have you in it, studio thanks for being here thanks it's great to be here and you can go to my website and just put in turnquist in the search bar and you'll get all of these great essays and and also when uh, rick is on the show so uh the quote for the end of the show is from uh, tocqueville he said democracy and socialism have nothing in common but one word equality But notice the difference. While democracy seeks equality in liberty, socialism seeks equality in restraint and servitude. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. This is our number two. Thank you so much for joining us. You each are treasured. You're valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And I get to work with amazing people. That is our team. That is producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yes. Thank you. And uh, boy, uh, the first hour just blew by. And the way this works is you can <laughs> you can find us on all KLZ 560 platforms. That is KLZ 560 AM, KLZ 100.7 FM, the KLZ website. Uh, there's Listen Live as well as the KLZ app. And um, be sure and check out our website. There's a lot of great information there. And sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. And uh, we just rolled out Rick Turnquest essay. And that will be in the newsletter this weekend, Producer Steve. Do you remember when, uh, as a kid, that's a long time ago, I know, uh, recess, uh. when you... Uh, <laughs> 
when you got off the merry-go-round, it was going real fast, and you got off, and you couldn't really, you know, you were a little dizzy. (laughs) I feel that way every time Rick's here, because we cover so much ground, and, uh, you know, the things he has to say, I... I can just identify with that what what he just said about when he's flying in to to Denver and and the the feeling that he gets. I could identify with that. I know. We we feel it every day this just just this oppression and the fact that the legislature is in studio. You know what I should do? I'm going to do something very quickly uh, because I mentioned as the new president of Cut uh, we'll see what the new legisl- what what is scheduled for hearing for the next week. And so I'm going to take a look and see what that number is here in just a moment. But I wanted to get to our quote for today because um, Rick's piece is, is about morality and human flourishing. And so I went to de Tocqueville for the quote. Uh, he was a French aristocrat, diplomat, political scientist, political philosopher, and historian. He's best known for his works, Democracy in America and the Old Regime and the Revolution, born in 1805, died in 1859. And he traveled around America uh, trying to figure out what the secret sauce was about America. And it was liberty. It was this constitution. It was this vision of the declaration that all men are created equal uh, by God with these Uh, these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's the secret sauce of America. There, uh, African continent, South America, there's great resources there. We have great resources here. But the secret sauce is the vision of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So this is what he said. He said, liberty cannot be established without morality, nor morality without faith. And uh, just love that. And, of course, we've got a great one for the end of the show as well. Uh, show comes to you because of a lot of great sponsors. And wanted to mention Hooters Restaurants. They've been sponsors of mine of both the shows. And, oh, we have to talk about America's Veteran Stories, which is going to broadcast this Sunday at 3 p.m., 3 to 4 p.m., uh, Battle of Iwo Jima, World War II veteran Charles Cram. He turns 97 uh, in March. And... He His recall was just amazing. Um, fabulous interview. So you will not want to miss that. And that is this Sunday at uh, 3 o'clock. And I do this because, uh, just because, well, it's the trip that I took in 2016 with a group that accompanied four D-Day veterans to Normandy uh, for the 72nd anniversary of the D-Day landings. Uh, and... With that, I've gotten to know Paula Sarles and a whole bunch of uh, Marines at Cooper's Troopers, and that is why I am just working with them to try to help them raise the money for the USMC Memorial Foundation, which is uh, uh, raising money for the remodel for the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. And you can help them by contributing at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. It's just a great way to honor those that have given their lives or been willing to give their lives for our country, for our liberty. And uh, so go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org and you can help them out with that. And um, uh, did I mention Hooters Restaurants yet? I was going to in my mind. Did I do that yet, Steve? No, ma'am. Okay, I want to do that as well. Great sponsors of the show. And it's um, a great story about freedom and free markets and capitalism, how they became sponsors of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories. And they have great specials Monday through Friday for lunch and for happy hour. And uh, you can find all that at my website, KimMunson.com. And then uh, I wanted to talk with Steve Cruz with Three Points Financial. Uh, They are a fee-only financial planning firm. 
And they they really look at, at, at everything in your life, the tax planning and retirement planning and investments, and but they're fee only. So they definitely have your best interest in mind. Steve Cruz, it's Friday, so it is Steve Cruz on the line. Morning, Kim. Thanks. So what's on your radar today, Steve Cruz? So I was just thinking about uh, this week we had Valentine's Day, a day to celebrate love. And uh, unfortunately, there's a few areas that don't always get shown a whole lot of love. And that's taxes, that's financial planning, and investments. And we just, study after study shows that on our own, we tend to uh, not pay as good of attention as we should uh, to those areas. And uh, so I'm just encouraging people to, to show a little love to those areas. And, and Rick talked about you know self-interest, flourishing. Um, you know, by showing a little love to these areas now, your future self is going to thank you big time. Because uh, financial independence, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily make people happier, but it does provide more options. It provides more freedom uh, of choice if you have if you're financially independent. And so it's really by showing a little love to these areas, you're really showing a little love to your future self, your future uh, family. And, uh, you know, that's something that that we help people with is to make sure that they're minimizing taxes, that they're planning well to achieve the things that are important to them, and that they're investing strategically and in a disciplined manner um, in alignment with what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, so discouragement to show a little love. Uh, to yourself in, uh, in, in paying attention to these areas. <laughs> Steve Cruz, I have to say, I love the way that you've pulled Valentine's Day into finances and, and financial independence. It makes me smile. But it is so true. And in a way, I think that being financially independent has, in some ways, it's kind of been demonized uh, in sometimes in the education system through this whole altruism and uh, actually, if you're financially independent, taking care of yourself and your family, and then you have resources to help others as well as you choose. And so there's, it's so important to get to that point, to be financially independent. Absolutely. It spills over and impacts people's families and it impacts their community and ultimately their cities and their country. If, if they're if they're doing well with their financial situation, so um, we're getting into tax season, and what I find so amazing about Three Points Financial is you not only do tax planning, but you do tax preparation, and that's somewhat unique uh, in the uh, financial um, planning field, in the financial investment advice field. Yeah, it is, and we find that it helps us uh, just integrate everything that much more. Uh, tightly and make sure that, uh, you know, tax planning and, and the things that we do on investments, that everything is cohesive, works together, and nothing falls through the cracks when it comes to tax planning. And with this, with all the tumultuous stuff happening in our country now, working with Three Points Financial and taking care of these, these things, people can sleep better at night, Steve Cruz. Yeah, we help them determine, you know, what, what maybe is an emotional reaction versus what is a uh, an appropriate reaction um, to what's going on when it comes to some of these things like taxes and, and the portfolio. So how can people um, reach you, Steve Cruz? Uh, the best way is just visit our website, 
threepointsfinancial.com, threepointsfinancial.com, and there's a contact us section, and they can schedule time right on our calendars uh, to have a call. Well, most definitely, and show a little love to yourself and uh, make that uh, make that re- reach out to Three Points Financial because uh, you will be very glad that you did that. And so, Steve Cruz, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. We'll talk to Mary next uh, next Friday. All right. Thanks, Kim. Happy Friday. Okay. Happy Friday to you as well. And also wanted to mention Roger Mangan, the State Farm Insurance Team. Roger knows that life can be challenging. It's the Mangan's team mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. So call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. That's 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app. But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's it's called service. Whoa, I can call my agent, too? It's called service. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. It's Friday. It is Friday. Be sure and check out my website. That's KimMunson.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Our featured guest this hour is Kenneth Raposa. He is an industry analyst from the Coalition for a Prosperous America, former staff foreign correspondent for the Wall Street Journal, and a senior contributor to Forbes covering China since 2011. Kenneth Raposa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Ken. You recently had a piece published in Forbes, China Solar Energy, put back on notice by Congress, and uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that, but also these uh, these balloons that have been uh, <laughs> discovered uh, from yeah. China uh, over uh, Canada and America. So let's ta- let's start with that. Okay, sure. So let's start with the China surveillance balloon. So yesterday we had Biden speak, and he said that the other four or five objects that were shot down, they were called UFOs, uh, that were shot down were not related. So they they don't know where they're from. They don't believe that they're from China. So it, it wasn't a twin surveillance uh, balloon that was flying over the United States again that was shot down. Some of them were just random. It seemed like they were just random, you know, objects that weren't even alien. Right? Remember that we were, we were wondering if they were aliens for a while. So 
the surveillance balloon and China, one of the interesting things that happened yesterday, we had two Republican senators from Florida, I think actually one Republican senator and one congressman, Bill Posey, they wrote a letter to the White House asking to investigate from the wreckage if the solar panels are at the bottom of that balloon, if you remember you seeing the big round balloon, or you see like the signal like a almost like a like a like a radar dish or something like this, something out of Star Wars, but these are solar panels um, to direct its flight. And so they want to investigate whether or not those solar panels were made by companies who are under investigation by Commerce now for dumping solar in the United States, which means you're selling it at a subsidized rate or below market rate, which you know hurts U.S. competitors of the same product. So, you know, they're, they're always trying to go after China for this. Uh, we don't know what, what will come of it. These, a lot of these guys are really lone wolves on, on, on this topic. So, but good news is that the other balloons that were shot down were not Chinese, so, or at least that's what Biden is saying. So we don't have a fleet of Chinese surveillance balloons flying over the country. So that's a positive. And I'm sure many of your listeners were wondering if that was the case a few days ago. Well, then the question is, is what, what, were, th- what were they then? Right. Well, whenever I hear the president say we're going to wait until the intelligence community finds out and gives us the answer, I just, I just sort of, you know, I, I just roll my eyes and say, okay, we'll never find out. They'll never tell us. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll be, you know, I don't know, some uh, local, you know, balloon uh, society was flying a, you know, a, a balloon and, you know, that got shut down. And it, it might even be that for, for, for all I know. But we are now have to wait until the intelligence community makes the assessment of what it was that was shot down. Then we'll get the answer from them, and then it's up to Americans to decide whether or not they believe the story that they're told from the FBI or the Department of Defense on on the wreckage. I was just thinking about this. It may be a dangerous time to be an aficionado of... um of uh, flying balloons like the Albuquerque or the New Mexico Balloon Festival, it could be a little dangerous because Biden might be um, uh, mobilizing the uh, the Air Force against them. And I'm I know I'm just being snarky today. I guess it's Friday, <laughs> no, so I'm going to do that. It could be. It could be. It could be <laughs> if they fly high enough. Who knows? <sighs> and okay, I have to ask you this: the the whole UFO thing uh, that they're they're saying now that they were UFO. I mean, this is. Are they, do you think that this is a distraction to take? The focus off of maybe train derailments, um, by, uh, Hunter's computer, Epstein. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Because you're located like right there in the Washington D.C. area, right, Ken? No, you're you're actually calling me in my uh, my home office right now in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm far I'm far from the swamplands, <laughs> but I will tell you this: what I think it is. I will tell you what I think it is because you know we've had trains. I, I was thinking this myself. Like, every day I read an article about a train falling off the track. I read an article about somebody suddenly dying. Uh, you know, at 24 years old after playing soccer for all their lives, whatever. And I wonder, this, was this always the case? And then somebody put out some data from the, the Department of Transportation that shows how many trains are derailed every year in the United States, you know, hundreds. And it's never a news story. So for someone who's been in the news media, from the Boston Globe to NPR back in the day to, you know, I freelance with Washington Times, Salon back in the heyday in the 90s, Stafford, the Journal, Dow Jones. Okay, so I think that this, a lot of this has to do with, you hear about the trains, you hear about the balloons, is it a UFO, is it an alien invasion? It's just the media 
is constantly, it's like a toxic sludge, right? They're just constantly stressed, blood pressure 190 over 50 all day long, and they're constantly looking for the next drama. They're looking for the next, the next page turner, you know? Oh my God, the aliens are coming. Oh my God, another train blew up. And no, you know, and so it's just constant. And even though these things may have happened before, not to belittle what happened in East Palestine, Ohio, that doesn't happen on a regular basis. When I say hundreds of trains derail, they certainly don't explode and a, a quote-unquote controlled burn of toxic uh, uh, plastics into the air. That doesn't happen on a regular basis, that's for sure. So what do you think? That's an environmental disaster. I think that a lot of it is media-driven. I think that the media is just on this story. They just, they just, whenever they see something that's part of the zeitgeist, you know, a UFO, oh, my God, we saw something in the sky. Let's report it. The, Bulgian, the, Bul- the Bulgarians saw something in the sky today. And, you know, so then they're on it constantly because they just, they find a story. They find a story that people are interested in that they read through, you know, Google search that see people are interested in because they get all that data. And they just keep promoting it and promoting it and promoting it. So I really believe that a lot of that isn't necessarily some grand conspiracy, so to speak, right, of the government just trying to drive us insane, which they've done very well for the last three years. You know, all of your mm-hmm. listeners, I'm sure, real, <laughs> have felt the stress that the public right. health officials and schools have put us under for the last three years. This is par for the course. But I also think a lot of this is really media-driven narrative. It's not, and not narrative like they're trying to sell you on a topic, but media, because that also true, obviously, but that the media is just so addicted to drama and they're so... in. They they have to get you to watch and to read that whenever there is a balloon, for example, over Bulgaria, it's going to be reported. Whenever there is a train that falls off the track somewhere, that happens. Doesn't not East Palestine? Not that kind. That's an anomaly. That's strange. That that doesn't happen regularly. But that's blowing up. They're going to be on it and they're going to promote it and they're going to keep talking about it incessantly because it's going to make all of us think, okay. including in the newsrooms, think that this is just un- unusual. This is ridiculous. So, Kenneth, on that, though, and uh, it took a while for the mainstream media to report on this because um, I was talking to, uh, I guess it was, uh, gosh, it was this week, uh, that a couple of different guests said, hey, have you heard about these derailments? And I guess that was initially on Monday morning. I'd been very busy that weekend, so I, I hadn't really heard about the thing in East Palestine. And then, uh, and then even by Tuesday, the mainstream ABC, CBS, NBC, they had only given just a minimal amount of time to this. And so I think that... Uh, they were they were late to the party on this. Now I and I don't know if they're I don't really watch them if if they're reporting it much right. or not. But but they were late to the party on this. Why do you think that is, Kenneth? Well, why, well, it's very easy to understand why they were late to the party on this. Because who's the president of the United States? Is it Donald Trump? Because if it was Donald Trump who was the president of the United States, they would have been on it and they would have blamed him for it. They probably would have asked for his impeachment again. Saying that his, you know, or they certainly would have called for the firing of the Department of Transportation official, the equivalent of Pete Buttigieg. They would have, uh, that would have been in the news. So you know, you're, you're, talk, you're talking about partisan media, you know. But forget about those guys because you know, you, Tim, you know this, right? You got your own listeners. They, they don't, they don't watch that stuff. They're just as aware of what's going on in the world. They read it on Twitter. Somebody posts something, and and they, you know, you could do your own. You know, back check to see where did that news come from? Oh, it came from some website called, you know, trustme.com. Well, I don't know, I'm doing, I don't know what is that? But you can read it. Oh, I read this in The Guardian. Oh, wow, BBC is reporting this. Oh, I saw it here. And, oh, interesting. This guy is a trusted voice. I've heard this person speak many times. I, I trust him. I got that gut instinct. You know, you, I, I, I have faith in what, what he's saying. I believe it. Um, you know, so you don't really need any more to. You could, you could, we, we've broken through the firewall of the mainstream media at this point. You know, you don't have to. 
you know, be tuned into ABC and CNN. These are, I think, these are channels from all the the traditionalists, the people who just has that on, you know, over dinner time while they're watching CNN at the airport or something. This is just, uh, you know, uncurious people who are really glued into this at that point. It's more of a habit because I, you know, the the, the trust in the mainstream press is, has collapsed, right? We we know this. We've seen surveys of this time and time again. So I don't. I'm not surprised that they did not cover the East Palestine train wreck right away. I do remember hearing in the mainstream press that there was going to be a controlled burn, and no one should panic about the controlled burn. You know, we should all panic about. I mean, somebody did a meme on this the other day on social media. We should all panic about gas stoves, right? Panic about gas stoves. Right, right. But don't panic about this huge plume of black smoke of melted plastic that's going to be in, you're going to be inhaling in your lungs. That's fine. So you know, but but they did they did cover that. They haven't covered it incessantly now, and the reason why is obvious: is because their enemy isn't in the White House. If their enemy was in the White House, then they would have been covering it all the time. Wow, that is so interesting. I I did not realize that uh, you mentioned Salon and NPR. Uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about that part of your life, uh, Kenneth Raposo. Oh, yeah, That's super interesting. <laughs> Right, right. Well, years ago, I also write for a magazine called The Nation Magazine, which is a very old, liberal, progressive magazine. And then it was funny because I worked for The Nation to Wall Street Journal. And there was one other person, you know, who uh, used to work for The Nation with me. Her name was Karen Rothmeyer, a great, a great editor there. And she left and she moved to Africa. She left the United States and went to Africa to teach like small villages about you know news gathering and how to tell your stories about your about your village and your your, your city. Interesting. Um, and she also was a Wall Street Journal person, so she and I were the only only one. So I really I really run the gamut. I, I know what it's like to write for and work for advocacy media, like on the left, and I know it's like to do traditional journalism as well. And I, I know I know the crowd. You know I know I know I know that crowd. I know how they think. I know um, you know how they operate. So I've been in it for a long time, and I can tell you, as I said earlier, it is it is a toxic cesspool. Um, but I see. Uh, you know, you could you could see what you mentioned again. Go back to the trains. You know, why doesn't the New York Times talk about things? Well, they might talk about it once or twice, but they're not going to be incessant. MSNBC isn't going to be incessant about it because it makes Biden look bad. That's a Democratic Party of uh, machine. You know, it's like Fox. You know, Fox is going to talk. Tucker's going to talk about the train every night. He's going to talk about the train every day. Why? Because because uh, Biden's in power. If Trump was in power. Tucker probably wouldn't talk about it on a regular basis. That's just how. That's how the part. That's how partisan media works. That is so interesting. And and you alluded to this, I, I think, to, to do your own research, not just have one new source. Highly recommend that people check out the Kim Munson Show on a regular basis. But being intellectually curious is so important. And Dr. Dr. Jack, Dr. James Lines-Weiler, has created this cool education uh, model for the intellectually curious. And you need to check it out. It's ipac-edu.org. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. 
Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3PointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. Mom, why is it so cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. Indeed, it is Friday, and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays. And uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And socialism is not about free stuff. That is just the carrot to get you to vote for it. Uh, Ultimately, socialism, as Maggie Thatcher said, uh, you run out of other people's money. Uh, But uh, thrilled to have on the line with me Kenneth Raposa, and he is an industry analyst from the Coalition for a Prosperous America, former staff foreign correspondent for the Wall Street Journal, and a senior contributor to Forbes covering China since 2011. And he has this piece in Forbes that was recently published, China Solar Energy Put Back on Notice by Our New Congress. So tell me about this, Kenneth Raposa. Okay, well, this is interesting because, so what happened? So about a year ago, I'm not going to get my dates exactly right, but within a year, President Biden had come up with this emergency declaration, uh, and the emergency declaration was about protecting Chinese solar companies in Southeast Asia, uh, you know, maybe by accident, but that's what he ended up doing. These companies were under investigation by the Commerce Department for, as I said earlier, dumping product into the United States highly subsidized or below market rate, unfair competition for the United States. Uh, those companies are tariffed in China, mainland China, so there's also concern that they've been, you know, just making the stuff in China, repackaging it in Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, uh. and uh, Cambodia, and sending it to the United States. So they're under investigation. And Biden said in the emergency declaration, uh, okay, the, the Commerce Department can continue with that investigation, but if they discover, which Commerce did discover in December, actually, that they were circumventing tariffs and they were breaking U.S. trade law, we're going to give them two years of punishment-free exports to the United States. So no extra tariffs at the ports. It's all good. Two years. Um, and Boy, so, that's tough. Man, he's really tough on that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, wait, it gets better. So then Congress, so then Congress came in. And Congress, the new Congress came in. There were some Republicans uh, and a Democrat. Uh, I think Dan Kilhey, I think he's from Michigan, and Posey, Bill Posey's from, uh, I think he is from, he's a congressman from Florida. 
they came up with this proposal, which was called the Congressional Review Act, which already exists. They, 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 and their argument was, under the Congressional Review Act, I don't want to do too much insider baseball for your listeners, but under this act, we're going to make it that we can overturn any declaration of emergency by the president. So if the president says, you know, the aliens are coming, we all have to shelter in place, and we have to, you know, give our spare bedrooms to urban city dwellers because the aliens are going to attack there first, and that's the law. Then Congress can say no. We disagree. That executive order is overturned. Okay, so that would that would happen. And the main thing that what they would do in that case would be overturn the declaration of emergency on solar, right? Because you know climate change and you know the Ukraine war. So we need solar, and we need the Chinese solar from South Southeast Asia. And if they're breaking trade law, it doesn't matter. We can, we're still going to let it in for two years without any any punishment. So meanwhile, meanwhile, I just want to say, meanwhile, back at the ranch, they're trying then to outlaw uh, our our gas ranges, our our gas fired furnaces. Yes. And 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 Correct. also this is from one of our listeners made the point. Meanwhile, they are burning all of the the toxic stuff from the derailment and, and putting that into there. And that's not a big deal. But anyway. And also, meanwhile, back in Colorado, Senator Cock, Cock, uh uh, Castro, I can't think of her name. Now. You're a Democratic senator. Oh my God, Cortez Masto, Cortez Masto. Oh, so that's senator not Colorado. Masto, Colorado, right? Colorado. Yes, yeah, she is the right. She's your senator. Am I right? No, no. We have Bennett and Hickenlooper. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so she is. She is a senator, and she from the West. A, a we'll letter. say probably from the West. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she. Okay. So, so a West, a Western senator. I got, I got the geography sort of close. She um, is coming out in favor of of the. Uh, the Chinese uh, companies in Southeast Asia saying, no, um, no matter what happens, we should extend this, this duty-free waiver on Chinese companies, even if they are uh, declared uh, breaking trade law. And here's another side to that. It's interesting. One of the companies that was uh, discovered by Commerce to be breaking trade law uh, was a company called BYD, which stands for Build Your Dreams. And they're mostly known for making cars. And Warren Buffett is a big investor, and they also make solar. But over the last few months, Warren Buffett's been selling a lot of his BYD shares. You know, I'm talking to, a, I think you're a former Series 7 uh, student, right? Right, okay. <laughs> so you know, the, you know the stock market well. So he's been, he's been selling his shares. I, maybe he knows something that we don't know, that BYD is going to get uh, crushed with um, these solar tariffs if, if, if commerce ultimately decides that, yes, they're breaking the law, and if Congress actually does act and say Biden's emergency declaration is no more. That is now in limbo, but that could always be brought back up. We'll see what happens. Uh, that is fascinating. So let's let's back this up just a little bit so people can understand this, because I had to go th- down this journey, Kenneth Raposa, regarding free trade. Uh, I really thought free trade, uh, you know, throughout the, the globe, that that was important, and when Trump came in and put these tariffs on Chinese products coming into America, initially I thought, oh, this is not a good idea. This this affects free trade. But but you alluded to this. What actually has been happening, and it wasn't only with solar, but it was also with steel, is that the Chinese government was subsidizing these um, these different products so that they could then come in and undercut. American producers, and ultimately that would put American producers out of business. And so I realized we need free trade, but we need fair trade. And that was just, uh, we don't have a whole lot of tools in the toolbox now regarding China, but those tariffs was one of those things because that would affect 
the you know the economy over there and and so th- that was a journey that I had to go go down Ken be, before I I kind of understood this and so I'd done that with steel but now you're mentioning this about solar. Well, yes, everybody loves the idea of free trade um, because it sounds and maybe maybe the word free is uh, something that gets everybody excited about about the concept of free trade and in terms of of course big business loves it right because they can import things tax free right? right they could use labor arbitrage. They could use environmental regulation arbitrage, right. right? So there is really nothing, no such thing as free there. So if you and I can make, if you and I have a company and we make a widget for a hundred dollars, and we, you know, and you know, we're paying our workers twenty bucks an hour, uh, and we're competing with the widget maker in China or Mexico that also makes the same widget, and guess what? It's the same price, but uh, they can throw their chemicals down the river. They can pay their workers ten dollars an hour. Well, you know, it doesn't matter if our price, if our product is the same. You know, the margin is much higher. So you and I might eventually say, let's just make that widget in Mexico. We can make more money that way. That's um, what companies do. Absolutely. Now, and so this, you mentioned twenty dollars per hour. I, <clears throat> I also think because of public policy that we have made labor more and more expensive. Now, out here in Colorado, I don't know if you watch this, we are out of our minds. It's Crazyville out here. We have a Democrat uh, state senate, a Democrat House of Representatives, uh, a Democrat governor who's trying to paint himself as a libertarian while he has all of his bureaucrats and bureaucracies really pushing forth a radical leftist agenda out here. And so there's different bills that are being presented and passed here in Colorado that is making labor more and more expensive. And we've seen uh, uh, years ago, I was in the ladies clothing business and they used to, um, and that company's gone out of business. That's a different story. But uh, they actually manufactured everything in North Carolina. And eventually, because labor got so expensive, they moved it to China. And um, I think that public policy has made labor so expensive that that's why there is, was a big movement offshore. Your thoughts? Um, sure. That is probably one reason. Uh, labor has moved offshore because of you know, policies like labor unions and, and, and so on. And so, you know, we've heard, heard this for a while as, as well. Um, but, you know, companies are always going to use labor arbitrage. I mean, if you're paying someone 15 bucks an hour, I mean, you, you, there's no such thing as too low, right? You're never in a million years, even if you and I, like I said, we're making, we're a clothing manufacturer or whatever, and we're paying our guys 15 bucks an hour, you know, which is okay for part-time or, you know, the, the, you know, the spouse makes more money at home, but it's probably like $30,000, a year job, right? I mean, it's okay, right, right, right. right? It's okay. You probably need a spouse that makes some more, but, you know, you're not going to, you're not living large, you know. You're not buying a Tesla, but even if it's that, you know, eventually that price can just be outcompeted easily. By <laughs> you, what do you, you think the Vietnamese are making ten bucks an hour? I think they're making fifteen. They're making three bucks an hour. You know, so the, so these guys can always go always go lower on price. And as far as making labor more expensive in the United States, in in some. In some areas of, of the country, you know, and in some not some of the country, but in some areas of the economy, you know, it's interesting because it, uh, you know, look at what what is a Google, what does Google labor get paid, right? Hundreds of thousands. How are you you're probably a 22 years old Google laborer. Let's say, right? Let's, you know, it's not a laborer, an engineer, but you get around a college, 120,000. You know, so but you know, I we, think... we, it depends. It depends what the business is, but you know, we're companies are always going to find cheaper labor and on the on the google side that's why they bring in guys from india on the h1b visa you know to keep that labor as tight as as possibly can be or to keep the price cap on what you're going to pay these guys 
Interesting. Okay, Kenneth, we're getting close to out of time with our time with you, which um, I, I tell you, we cover a lot uh, within just the two segments with you. Let's just finish up, though, regarding this piece in Forbes that was recently published. Uh, what else do you want uh, our listeners to know about this? Well, on the China front, a lot of people really have this sense that we have a kids-off approach to China. And they had, people, Americans got to remember that. It was only Trump that really brought China to the fore. I mean, until Trump became president, uh, we were doing the Asia pivot under, uh, under Obama. And that might have meant, you know, we're going to sort of ring tail, you know, ring fence China in Asia. We're going to become a big trading partner or whatever, do more business in Asia. But it was, it was not, nothing was America first. It was America last. It was going to make in Asia, sell in Asia. Asia was the place. That was all that mattered. Um, and then China was considered all of a sudden a strategic rival. Uh, and the director of national intelligence said that China was our biggest national security threat. And all this happened really beginning in 2017, 2018. This is really new stuff. So when you see the China surveillance balloon flying over the United States and you maybe get mad and you wonder, why did it take Biden so long to shoot it down? If it was a Russian balloon, they would have blown it out of the sky. And the second they saw it, imposed sanctions, called every European leader, told them to kick the Russians out of Europe right now, you know, whatever. They would, they would, it would have been national news. Generals on the on doing press conferences, people wondering the press. The press, of course, the drama queens in the press telling you World War Three is imminent. Don't worry, we're going to win. Uh, you could survive a nuclear war. It's good for climate change. They'll come up with stories like that. Um, and so, we have to understand that the threat of our time really is China and the China model, right? The China model of governance is top-down autocratic model that many in the West love and want to Im- imitate. And this is a relatively new fight. So people have to brace for it. They have to understand that the reason why we are slow often to react to China is because China has only really become a quote-unquote enemy of the state, for lack of a better word, in the last five years. So, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But um, I think when people look at the China story and wonder why are we so wimpy with China, it's because, you know, China was our best friend until 2018. And think about all the people that hated Trump and went after Trump from Europe to the, the, the defense establishment in the United States. The intelligence community went after Trump. And a lot of it had to do with because of his anti-globalist stance against China. And China is the poster nation of, of globalization and the, and the, uh, you know, the typical Davos globalist. Okay. Ken, I have to ask you another question then, because I am looking out the window. I see people going to and fro. They don't understand. I mean, we are at a very tumultuous, dangerous time. What would you say to that? Okay. We, we don't need everyone. So you got, you know, you have, uh, you know, 100 people and maybe only three of them sort of get it. That's fine. That's fine. Because, you know, the other people are going to, they'll come along eventually, or, you know, maybe, maybe they never will. But you just need a good, a good sizable minority of people to be in tune and aware, or, or as the, the left says, woke, right, to, to the issue. But you, don't need, you don't need everyone. So it's fine to walk around with your iPhone, your iPods, and your head down, and, you know, watching TikTok, and, you know, you know maybe that's all you care about, and can't wait for the new, uh, you know, masked singer to come out. And that's your world. What, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not my world. It's not Kim Monson's world. It's not the world of everyone that's listening to us right now. So, you know, uh, you, don't, you don't need everyone. You just need a good, sizable minority to, to uh, be in tune. And then things, hopefully, 
go your way. It's tug of war. A remnant. Oh, my gosh. Kid Raposa, uh, you get more into two segments than I think. Uh, I mean, I think this was an hour show just in these two segments. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. And you can find uh, you can find him at Forbes on a regular basis. And again, he is an expert on China. And that's Kenneth, Kenneth Raposa. And he is with the uh, the center. Uh, excuse me, the Coalition for a Prosperous America, and you can check that out there as well. And all this comes to you because of great sponsors. Lauren Levy is an expert in the mortgage arena. He works with a lot of different lenders and just a great sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. It's Friday. Indeed, it is Friday. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Call in line is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. And the text line, which there's a lot of activity there. I'm going to try to get to these. 720-605-0647. Matt in Wyoming is on the line. Matt in Wyoming, what's on? Oh, excuse me. Never mind. Wyatt in Wyoming is on the line. Wyatt in Wyoming, what's on your radar? Good morning, Kim. Since all of the uh, conspiracy theories are coming true, I felt it my duty to start a new one. And it'd be in regards to the balloon. Yeah. The balloons were shot down with a Sidewinder missile. 
Now, that's a heat-seeking missile. If the uh, balloons are filled with helium, why would you shoot a heat-seeking missile at it? And the one over here, Lake Huron, they actually missed. So the cost of a uh, Sidewinder missile, depending upon configuration, is about $400,000 a shot. So it took $800,000 to bring the balloon down over uh, Lake Huron. Those uh, uh, fighter jets that took it down also have guns on them. The bullets in the guns are much less expensive, you know, like dollars compared to hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if I was going to take and, and take down America, what would I do? Oh, I'd leave about $80 billion worth of materials in Afghanistan. I'd drain the strategic reserve. I'd give a bunch of equipment to Ukraine. And heck, I'd use expensive missiles to take down a balloon when a gun would work. What do you think? Uh, good good point, uh, Wyatt in Wyoming. Uh, so, I, I'm, I, you know what, I, I haven't totally paid attention, but so were these... Um, Jets were they like at the same level as the plane? Uh, I mean, I and would they use the missile, which helium is explosive, so that maybe they would destroy what was with that balloon? Am I am I really getting into conspiracy theory here, um, uh, Wyatt? You're just uh, one up in me. That's not fair. <laughs> Uh, so, so they could have shot this down. I guess that's my ultimately my question. They could have used um, the guns on the planes to shoot this down. Instead, they used a heat-seeking missile. Correct? Am I getting that now? Yes, ma'am. And then the difference in the cost between the heat-seeking missile, the sidewinders, and the cost of bullets. So, wouldn't it make more sense to put holes in the balloon with bullets and let it come down slowly so that you could recover it intact? Uh, yes, I, I think that's a, a very good point, Wyatt and Wyoming. Wyatt and Wyoming. That's hard for me to say. Uh, anything else on your radar, Wyatt? No, thanks. Have a good weekend. Boy, that's uh, he's really connecting some dots there, and, and it's true. This uh, draining the strategic oil reserve, and then sending all of this military equipment to well, he didn't say that, but to, you, to Ukraine, leaving all that military equipment in Afghanistan. Uh, not doing the prudent thing to on these balloons so that they could do the research on on that. And I was just thinking about Kenneth Raposa. If when that came down, he said that they it looked like they might have had some solar panels on it. I wonder if they had stamped on there "Made in China." Steve, that would that would pretty well live, you know make it clear, huh? <laughs> It would uh, certainly complete the circle. <clears throat> yes, most most definitely. So, okay, let's get into here to some of the text messages. Oh, somebody asked this. Why does the media always support the left? What is the benefit to them? And this is why I was calling Wyatt, um, Matt, because well, one of our uh, other producers had sent this over to me back in January. And I had talked a little bit about it, but uh, he had received this. And it says, 2023 is the second year of CMP's three-year Advancing Equity in Local News Grant Program, which in 2022 awarded a total of $277,000 to 19 projects. This year's grantees were selected from a competitive pool of 42 applicants requesting a total of $970,000 for projects dedicated to the fund's three priorities, indicating a broad commitment from Colorado newsrooms to build a more inclusive media ecosystem nationwide, or excuse me, statewide. 
At least one round of funding will be made available for new and continuing work with applications opening in fall of 2023. And it says the Colorado Media Project started in spring of 2018 as a community-led response to the decline in local news across the state and has since produced a wide body of media ecosystems research, helped launch the nonprofit Colorado News Collaborative and numerous other initiatives, catalyzed millions of dollars in new philanthropic support for the sector, including public media and newspaper acquisitions, and provides support for individual newsrooms through the annual um, hashtag news co-needs matching challenge, the Informed Communities Fund and the Watchdog Fund. In 2022, the Colorado Media Project supported new research into the attitudes of the Colorado audiences towards state and local media and the development of the Colorado News Mapping Project, an ongoing initiative to track where Coloradans are getting news and information about their communities. And it goes on, um, it says, uh, and, and I'll continue to report on this, but the person that actually sent the uh, email on this uh, is, um, uh, one of her emails is, oh, here we go. Let me at the very end here. If people want more information, they could go to the person that sent this out at the Gates Family Foundation. How about that? That's a dot to connect. Uh, we have BK in Larimer County. BK, what's on your radar? Okay, my personal conspiracy theory is that the uh, toxic chemical derailments yes. are related to are related to the balloon shoot downs. How so? Might be reprisals. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to chaw on that one for a little while, BK, in Larimer County. Uh, Yeah, these conspiracy theories, and it's not a conspiracy theory when it comes true, Steve. Well, to be fair, maybe what she's alluding to is the distraction factor. Grab onto anything that we can use as a distraction over the other things that you mentioned with, uh, with Kenneth a while ago. Right, 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 right. So, okay, lots of things coming in. Uh, should all citizens who live within 50 miles of a railroad be issued a PPE safety gas mask <laughs> and have the government pay for it? It's not funny. Um, a hazmat suit and granola bars. Oh, my gosh. Let's see here. What else? Uh, Let's see with Mr. Boot the judge comes up with on that one yeah we'll submit it right somebody said who's the president of the u.s love this guest and uh how exactly is it if anyone knows that lives by one does a huge dangerous train re- derail and there's been several of them which is um you know it's just really of a lot of concern so how, how am i doing on time let's see here uh Okay, yeah. (laughs) This listener said, uh, they just set fire to 50 years of gas stove pollution. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. There's, uh, there we go. Okay. Well, there's a great meme on Facebook today. It shows a picture of a a gas range, uh, and it just says, unacceptable. Then the picture right below it is that black, a plume of or a plume of black smoke over the train wreck acceptable well and you know the other thing i want to say is uh, um, and i've talked about this many times is the mismanagement of our forests so when california had all these forest fires and all of the pollution that was going into the air at that time and that is because of public policy that that pollution was occurring but yet that was acceptable as well producer steve 
No argument there. Yep. Okay. And uh, I, I thank all of you. I, I've got to figure out a little bit better way to manage all these great text messages. So I'm going to work on that this weekend. I mentally have to figure that out. But I love hearing from you on the text messages at 720-605-0647. And, of course, the, the call-in line, uh, which is the last segment of each show, 303-477-5600. And we've got great week planned for you again next week. And again, the first hour rebroadcast, 1 to 2 in the afternoon, second hour, 10 to 11 at night on all KLZ 560 platforms. Our quote for the end of the show is de Tocqueville. He said, democracy and socialism have nothing in common but one word, equality. But notice the difference. While democracy seeks equality and liberty, socialism seeks equality and restraint and servitude. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful, beautiful music, communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Don't want no one to cry